0: You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, welcome back. Here we are on a Thursday afternoon. Jay Teresi jumping into the Rediscovering Biblical
1: I'm good. Yeah, Thursday afternoon. That's a little different. I'm getting ready to head up into the mountains for a couple days spiritual retreat, listening for God. So this will be this yeah. will be a little different.
0: That's cool. So you're you're not coming out of a work day. You're literally walking into a wilderness right now. Yeah. How often do you do that for our listeners, Jay?
1: Not very often, but it's something I want to do more often. And it was really unique. You know, Kelly and I, my wife, Kelly, we were normally this week, every year we go down to Fort Lauderdale. And like five months ago, we were just praying about it. And we're like, man, we don't think we should book it. And we were going back and forth. And what are we going to do? And it actually got a little frustrating for a while. And then we just said, well, let's let it go. You know, we were, we were sort of listening to God and trying to include him and sort of just knew we shouldn't book it. And we we go to Fort Lauderdale every year for years, this same week. And, uh, you know, like a month or two ago, we decided let's go do a spiritual retreat for a couple of days. It's an hour and a half hmm. drive away. Well, guess what? The hurricane hit Fort Lauderdale right now. No. So our trip would have been canceled.
0: Oh boy. Praise the Lord. So are you going to the wilderness with your wife or is it just you? I was going to come alone, go alone. And we were praying and I really
1: felt she should go. So she's going to come, but uh, we got a big cabin. So we're going to have some separation. Yes. And uh, probably even sleep in separate rooms, which would be a little different, but, uh, but then we'll see each other for meals, but we both want
0: <laughs> to unpack that for me. So you go to the cabin. <laughs> on a retreat, but you decide to separate. Is there a purpose behind that? I'm yeah, I, sure. I
1: I think, yeah, we're both really in 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 some seasons of life where we need to hear from God on some things. Um, and it's going to be Georgia, you know, we're in Georgia, Chica, as you know, so it's going to be pouring rain the next couple of days. So I think it, we'll, we'll see plenty of each other, but it's going to be a great opportunity for, for us each to get alone with God and pray and listen. You know, there's, al- there's almost no Internet connection, no TV there, so... You know, for us, that's pretty wilderness. Uh, I know there's you know, serious people who go into the real wilderness, but this is in the mountains and it's pretty far and from what we're used to, and so just hoping to hear from God.
0: Love it, Jay. Well, why don't you warm us up with a bit of Prayer as we jump into this week's topic?
1: Yeah, Jesus, big topic this week, the King. We just ask that you would come and guide this conversation as we're nearing the end of our series on stages of manhood, and we just pray, God, that for those men who need to hear this message today, Chica and I would be out of the way. And the Holy Spirit, your voice would flow and people would hear what they needed to hear. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jay. Amen. And listeners, just as a quick recap, we have spent the last four um, podcast episodes talking around the stages of a man's life. And so we started with the beloved son, then we jumped to the cowboy, to the warrior. Last, about 10 days ago, we hit the lover. Uh, Speaking of a man around, you know, in between their 20s, 30s, maybe a little bit more. And today, as Jay just mentioned, we're walking into the king stage. And so, Jay, why don't you define real quick at this stage what is happening for a man? Yeah, this is really, I mean, chica we could spend,
1: like the lover, we could spend episodes here. But really, this is the stage of manhood that everything is pointing to, your, your kingship. You're likely in your late 30s to your early 60s in this season of life, so it's a long season of life. You've got authority, you've got a domain, you've been training for this, and now you've got a lot going on. And our kingship is really what, it's like the defining moment of our life. We're in season, right? We're in season. You know, we're not preparing anymore, and we're not winding down. Like, this is it. We are, We are. the sun is high. It's the highest it's going to be in the sky for our lives, and we are in the middle of it. And Chika, you and I are right smack dab in the middle of this season of life.
0: Oh, well, thanks for giving away our age there, Jay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, So here's an interesting question that I'm sure many of the listeners are kind of thinking about here. This whole you know, hop, skip, jump, if you will, I, I've gone from warrior to lover to king. Like what helps me graduate from one to the other or how do I balance between the three as they're happening?
1: I think the framework is really helpful that John Eldridge has laid out. And again, as we've said, he's really building on the wisdom of the ages mm-hmm he sort of slotted these, these aren't clean cuts, you know, and and every stage follows you everywhere. You know, when we're in our boyhood, and our in our cowboy stage, and our warrior stage, we're preparing for king. And, you know, so for example, uh, Eldridge talks about in his book, and I just had this incredible discussion with my son, you know, at every stage, we need little kingdoms to reign over. So we're training. So for example, what's one of the kingdoms a boy can have his room, you know, my son is decking out his room, He called he's got a name for what he does, but he's got, you know, uh, lights up everywhere, these rope lights. And he's just created this little kingdom that's his. And we need to give him domain and authority over that. And I told him the other day, hey, you know, he, he wanted to do something in his room. And I said, look, I want you to have authority in your kingdom. Your room is your kingdom. But, you know, you need to take care of it like a good king looks after his things. But it was funny later that day, they were my wife and he were shopping together and he wanted to buy some more rope lights. And he said, you know, dad said my room's my kingdom. Oh boy. (laughs) And she was mentioning to me later, like how much of an impact it had. We're designed to rule. Men are designed to rule. Humans are designed to rule. The Bible says we are placed on the earth to rule over it. So that's in our DNA. It's in our creation. And that's, that's every other stage is really pointing to this stage. And then the last stage, which we'll talk about in our next episode, you know, is really designed to help men in
0: this stage. Very cool. Listeners, maybe a a quick check in if you're driving or walking or running or just sitting on the couch listening to this podcast, you know, what, what what are you a king of right now? What what is your kingdom? Whether you are a young man aspiring to be a corporate executive one day in your life, maybe you want to be a small business owner, maybe you are one. Like what is your kingdom and where do you currently reign? And if you're a believer,
1: this is really the whole deal, especially as a man, you have a kingdom. We've talked about this before, but this is really important to define. I don't really know what your walk of life is. It doesn't matter. You have things God has placed under your authority, and you are designed, and you are expected as a believer to look after them, to steward them well. And you know, your kingdom maybe is your family and your job. Maybe you have ministry. Maybe you have a huge kingdom by the world standards. Maybe you have a little kingdom by the world standards. But in, by heavenly standards, all kingdoms are enormous and important. And how
0: you rule your kingdom reflects Jesus Christ in your life. That's so good. It was going to be my next question to you, Jay. God, how did God set up kings through scripture? I mean, God God did not ignore his people, right? He, get, he gave them guidelines for the leaders that they would elect into kingship.
1: You know, it's so funny. And again, it's important to reiterate, Chica and I are not theologians. But, you know, the first thing God did was warn his people against kings. Like, you don't want one. <laughs> you know, he had judges, he had prophets, he had Moses, but they were like, we want a king. You know, he's like, you don't really want to be like the other earthly people. He's talking to his chosen people, but he gave him a king. But yeah, kings have guidelines. You know, you have authority, you have certain things you're expected to do. And and really the, the whole of humanity comes down to good kings and bad kings, right? Mm. Y- you are under authority. You are either under the authority of a good king or not a good king? And if you just look back across history everywhere, that's like the state of affairs. I mean, look at the world today. Look at world leaders. Look at your own bosses. Look at people in your family. Are you under the authority of a good king or not a good king? And what impact is it having on your life? And as you start to look at yourself, if you're a young man, you've got a kingdom you're reigning over. If you're an older man, a sage, you're still reigning over a kingdom, even though the clock is winding down for you. If you are in your kingship, what kind
0: of king are you? Does God appoint all kings, good kings and bad kings?
1: That's a great question, boy. That's a deep theological question. I would say God appoints kings. God takes them away. We see that clearly. God appointed Saul and then he removed Saul's authority. Um God appointed David, right? But but you know, that's a tough question to answer, Chica.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. between appoint and anoint, right? And I guess that's where I was driving with the question, I, and, and you just answered it, that there's the appointing of a king, but then there's the anointing of a king, and as you said, therefore, the, the removing too, if, God, if it's not in God's will. Yeah, and
1: unfortunately, you know, a lot of people get into kingships that shouldn't be there, and we wonder, why is that allowed? Let's not forget that the devil appoints kings too. He has a lot of authority on this planet and he puts people in positions of power and that's just that's just true and so you know we're it's always hard to discern like how did this person come into authority and do they have the anointing of god on them usually you can see the anointing of god on somebody and it flows out of the fruit of their life the fruit of their spirit and how they rule their kingdom
0: i encourage all of the readers to jump into acts this week Acts six specifically because that's really where the building of the church comes right and when we talk about you know the King must be anointed by God, or the king must belong to God's people, or they must exercise faith. You know, when you think of Stephen, you know, when the church appointed the first deacons in Acts, Act six, they chose Stephen because he was a man what full of faith. And so, therefore, you know, the, the leadership among God's people must always be in the hands of the people who know how to trust in the living God. Um, and the king must be loyal. Jay and I don't want to sidetrack as much more down this path, but. I want to come back to the stages of manhood, so it's applicable to our listeners. But I just think that this idea of king is just such a full-on, cool and important idea. And what's it for? It's for other people. Where our kingship
1: is for the benefit of other people, and unfortunately, that's not how most earthly kings act. Yeah. It's not how most of us act. You know, I'm right smack dab in the middle of my kingship, and you know, good kings are humble. That is one of the trademarks, right? So as a believer, you know, I I I thought I was a good king, you know. I'm in this new job, Chica, right? And and the listeners of this podcast know for about eight months, and it's not going well. It's not going the way I thought it would. Um, some of that's due to the economy. Some of that's due to uh, misalignment on what I thought the role was going to be and what the role is. Some of it's due to my own bad decisions in the role. Uh, but the the reality is I've had to wrestle with lately is, oh, do I cut and run? And and then. I've been really praying and leaning into God, and God has not been blessing that line of thinking. It's been a lot more like, be patient, put your shoulder down, the Lord goes with you, which has been really frustrating for me. That's not the answers I was looking for. And in the last few days, I've gotten a lot of clarity, and it's like, what kind of a king cuts and runs? Like, what kind of a king? What is expected me of right now? Yeah, it's challenging right now. Yeah, things are hard. Isn't that when character is formed? And like I've discovered mm. even in myself, right in the middle of my kingship, you know, when I'm trying to steward my family well and I think I'm doing all these things right, and I'm I'm like, wow, there's some character missing in me. Like that's interesting to discover. And you know, it really, that, it's such a great thing to have come across heading into this mountain retreat where I can get alone with God. Because suddenly, right in the middle of my kingship, I realize oh, Lord, there's so much more that needs to
0: grow in me. Like, there's so much more that I need to mature in. When I think of the character of a king that you just mentioned, Humble Jay, and thank you for sharing that that personal insight, um, I think immediately back to medieval times, you know, the kings with the long robes. I think of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I think of the, the Cowardly Lion. And it, it kind of does paint the type of different kings that we've been shown over our lives through stories, through fables, through fairy tales. I think there's two ones that really stick out for me. The first one's that tyrant king. I think of Braveheart and the nobles who had lordship and, and were just really destructive on their people. And then there's that weakling king, which is the kind of, I'm so passive that I need your ad- adoration. I need your admiration. I need your adore me, worship me, see how important I am. It's almost I'm so weak. I need you to worship me. Um, And then right slap bang in the middle is what you just explained, which I think is that king that is humble, strong enough and confident to stand up for his people, but humble enough to also give and be um, a leader worth following.
1: And wields power well. When it comes down to it, what is being a king about? It's about wielding power. I mean, that's what it's about. Kings have power, and you have power over your kingdom, whatever your kingdom is. And the people that are in authority over you, because you're not only a king, but you're also a subject. You're a subject if you're a believer to the Lord Jesus Christ, for sure. But here on this planet, you are a king, and you also serve another king. Like, that—that that is the uniqueness. We're all under some authority somewhere. Well what how do you wield your power and how do those wield the power over you that they have you know if you think about bad kings they wield their power to get things for themselves their own pleasure their own gain it's about them that's everywhere that is pretty much how you know not to generalize but like 99.9% of the kings in this world are wielding their power and then you think about the ones that stand out you know i think of abraham lincoln there's so mm-hmm. many and how they wielded their power on behalf of others. So think about the men in your life you've come across that are good kings. And hopefully everyone on this podcast has met at least one. I've met many. And it's there's something so different about them. They're for other people. I think about our pastor, Chica Allen. I mean, he's such a great king. You and I are under his authority. And he wields his power on behalf of others. I mean, he just he's just absolutely selfless man. Right, and you look at how he treats others, how he thinks, his actions, his motivations. You know, think about it at work. What about the kings you serve under at work? How many of them are building their own little kingdoms and just right on top of your face? Right, they're they're stepping on your head to do it. There's so many things you could say about king, but it comes back to the use of power,
0: which is to influence for good. Should I mean that? That's that's what you were just speaking to, and I think that there's. There's some lies that that we tell ourselves or that the enemy seeps in as we are moving into this stage, right? Because the purpose of this stage of kingship is to protect, is to serve, and is to care for the people that depend on me, the people underneath my um, umbrella or kingdom that that I am now responsible for, whether it be my family, employees, or even my neighbors, right? But the lies that seep in are maybe, well, one, for me, Jay, the experience that I've had is... I don't have enough knowledge. I'm not smart enough to. I don't have what it takes to operate out of my own resources, right? That could be one lie. What's another lie that comes up for you as a, as a king, that is trying to influence good?
1: I deserve it. So you know, one of the things mm. I think that can be a real challenge is you reach this stage of life. Now you've got some power. Maybe you've got some money, and you're like, "Hey, I'm going a- I deserve to be taken care of. I deserve to buy that nice car. I deserve to be left alone to watch the ball game. I'm the king. I deserve, deserve, deserve to be served, and and to take it easy. I've worked hard. All these these are the lies I think that I certainly get caught up with, and I see so many people get caught up with as I reach this stage of life. And the man's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have some stuff. I'm gonna enjoy some stuff. Maybe I'm gonna get a new wife who's younger and perkier. Maybe I'm gonna oh, do. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, me. I mean, it, it becomes." kings can easily get sucked down this path this lie of serving themselves and then feel like they're serving others that's what
0: i worry about and that's definitely the lie that comes for me complacency mm. and and complacency leaves our minds in a place of idleness right and when it, and when we don't have anything to fill it all we're not chasing learning we're not chasing the lord anymore that becomes the devil's playground right when we become complacent we become idle and therefore the devil just has at us and therefore we fall down. And that's why you see, I believe, so many good men that potentially, and they may not show it out loud, but in their minds they become complacent. They've, they've made it. They are enough. It's because they are enough that they are their own king, um, their own idol, that they no longer worship the Lord, and therefore the devil just cuts them down.
1: Well, I mean, every other stage is preparing for this stage, and what you're really alluding to is walking with God. And in this stage, if you're not walking closely with God, And you're wielding all this power and authority and you have to make these decisions about, am I going to use all this power and authority to serve myself? Am I going to use my extra margin to serve myself? Am I going to continue to build my own kingdom? I mean, think about these politicians that are into their eighties and can't give up power. Mm. And you're like, what, what are they doing? You know, I can't lay it down. It's all about me, me, me. If you're not walking with God, the devil is going to tempt you right down that path because because it's easy to go there, especially when you can make decisions to do it for yourself. And and the whole of our upbringing, spiritually and, and through just human years, is to prepare us that when the challenges of the kingdom come, when you're a king, am I going to walk closely with Jesus? Am I going to seek his face and ask him, how should I rule, Lord? What should I do here? What should I do there? How should I use this power and authority you've granted me?
0: So, Jay, we're at the King. We, we've defined it. We've talked about the, the dark side of it as well. Um, and, and I dropped some Acts 6 as reflection for the, uh, the listeners as they continue to, to unpack this for themselves this week. What's your scripture this week, Jay?
1: Well, it's a beautiful scripture that talks about you will be given more to rule the better you rule and mm. the one thing that the what's the what's the light side of kingship we talked about the dark side you can change generations a great king the legacy of a great king can literally change generations and affect thousands and tens of thousands and even millions for some kings but even a small kingdom oh i just have my job and my family i'm no king yeah you are you're gonna have grandchildren and great-grandchildren and you're gonna have in-laws and A great king can wield so much influence generationally they'll never even know about because they've created a foundation in an environment where people grow up under the protection of their kingship and they're forever changed. They're forever changed. That is really what the kingship and the kingdom season of life is all about, creating this generational change because you've provided an environment where people can flourish spiritually and emotionally under your guardianship, your family, your co-workers, the employees that report to you, the people in your ministry, that is the light side, and that is the fruit, and that is what being a king is all about, reflecting Christ in the power area you've been granted. So let me read you that scripture. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Matthew 25, 23. And so to me, that is, that is what being a king is about, is a good king will be granted more and more, but not for their benefit, for the benefit of others.
0: More and more listeners. So as we step into this week, you've got some scripture to read and lots of reflections to give around your kingdom and what it is that you rule right now. And I'm going to encourage you to share this with one or two good friends that maybe you could then have a great discussion around how you can impact your generations over generations over generations. Thanks again for tuning in to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We'll see you next week.